This is Bulls Beat. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Taking you into our first live sporting event of the season, Derek Sharp, as we've got indeed women's soccer for you on Saturday night. We'll have a little bit from Denise Shelty Brown on what to expect from the exhibition match against Jacksonville. If you can't make it to Corbett Stadium, exhibition matches are free, by the way. It's an all new look Corbett Soccer Stadium. Of course, I'll have the descriptions for you, and we'll talk more about the team here on Bulls Beat in our second segment. Coming up here in the first block, some sound, some great sound from Matt Merritt, who's the new running backs coach for Alex Golish and the Bulls. Obviously, a lot of new coaches on the team, and you're going to get to know him a little bit. Dominic Ganella, who has an incredible story running back from Bloomingdale, but that's just part of his story. And then Mike Loft, an offensive lineman, another local kid who's always great to talk to. We'll give you an update on the latest from the women's basketball team players over in Europe as part of the under-20 European Championships. I was watching this morning as incoming freshman Vittoria Blasai and Italy in overtime. Well, we'll tell you what happened in our second segment. It was quite something to watch. And we got some men's soccer notes. Next week, they begin their practice and their exhibition schedule. And we'll have plenty of that for you here on Bulls Unlimited. And also, volleyball starts off its camp on Monday. Matter of fact, I'll go ahead and tell you right now, we're probably not going to have a show on Monday because I'm going to have to get to the school pretty darn early, have a big meeting as far as what's going on with the football broadcasts. Yeah, it'll be a month away by the time we hit this weekend. And we're also going to go right from that into a couple things. Volleyball photo shoot is Monday starting in the morning, and there's a football press conference. We'll give you sort of a lay of the land as far as next week goes from the camp perspective. Things are just getting underway. It was awesome to be there at the first practice on Wednesday. Hopefully you follow me on Twitter or X at Derek Sharp, D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P, and saw some of the videos. One of the very first things I noted was that Alex Golish, who half-jokingly said that, yeah, I'll probably watch the defense for a few snaps and then get bored and go back over to the offensive side. He was definitely watching Todd Orlando's unit practice against the tempo. That's something that he wants his guys to be ready for, obviously. And also put out a video, and again, I was half-joking, saying here's the two-quarterback system, as earlier this week Coach Golish said that he could see a situation where he has a package for multiple quarterbacks in one game. And in one particular drill, you had both Gary Bohannon and Byron Brown alternating in the backfield at the same time throws. So if you missed that video, it's still up. Obviously, that was from Wednesday. They're actually practicing on Friday and Saturday morning. I might drop on over there and get you guys some video from Saturday's activity. We'll see what the uh, alarm clock says when it comes to that. But definitely on Monday, Coach Golish and some student athletes will be speaking. Tuesday is the first full padded practice, and we'll be able to watch that for you. We'll also talk to cornerbacks coach Matt Burkett then, along with some of the members of the secondary. Next Wednesday, tight ends coach Clay Peterson, along with his group, are going to be speaking. And then that first full practice scrimmage is over in Lakeland next Thursday. There will be no media access for that, but certainly something that will be uh, worth discussing and finding out how it went. And a week from today, next Friday, August the 11th, is the kickoff luncheon, and although it has not been officially announced, at least as we're taping this, it is sold out at Armature Works. So Thursday at the Indoor Performance Facility, got a chance to talk to a trio. Speaking of a trio, uh, a trio of media, the other voices you'll hear in this first 
gathering are those of Joy Johnston, of course, does great work for GoUSFBulls.com, along with Tom Leiberger, who covers the team for a variety of publications. Matt Merritt came from Georgia Southern, which was a top 20 in the country running attack. Actually, and I did some digging, he was coaching the running backs at Elon when they played the Bulls in 2018. And even though the Bulls comfortably won that game, Elon only threw for 42 yards, but you could tell it in Jim Lauk's voice. The running game was starting to get to the Bulls as it got nearly 200 yards on the ground. Elon up to the line of scrimmage quickly. We wondered about them keeping to the running game, but looks like it makes sense. Here's Cyphers, and he fights his way in. That's a touchdown. Breland Cyphers from one yard out. Goodness. He was also part of Mike Houston's staff at James Madison as they made it to the national championship game losing to North Dakota State. More on that with Dominic Ganella in just a little bit. And he was part of a national champion at Ohio State. He is now Matt Merritt, the running backs coach for the Bulls. Starting off with the answer to the question, how are the backs looking so far? Rusty, um, but to be expected, just there's nothing that really prepares you quite for actual full speed football action. Um, But really the guys have embraced it. Really, all you're looking for at this point in time is just to be fundamentally sound and have high effort, knowing that the rust will shake itself off. So from that standpoint, it's been pretty good. They're trying hard. They're giving good effort. Um, they're trying to really work on their fundamentals. Once the pads, pads come on, it'll be a little bit more realistic. How does uh, rust reveal itself as far as running backs go? <laughs> I mean, just, they never remember how to run. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's more so the your running plays. Like, you do a lot of drill work in the summertime, right? But just the actual fundamentals, I'm out there having to get lined up full speed, balls getting snapped, what's my assignment? Just that piece of it is usually where there's a little bit of a delay, rust in that area. Um, But I really felt the jump from yesterday to today from that standpoint. What is the team mindset? I mean, Coach Bullish spoke to us a little bit about, you know, how you guys have set up everything. And from your standpoint, what are they focusing on and where are their heads? Number one is just to be consistent. And that goes with our mantra to be who you say you are. Like, be you at the end of the day. Um, be accountable to yourself. Be accountable to your unit. Be accountable to your teammates overall. Like, that's really all of it at the end of the day. He is truly always about, and this program is always about, controlling the things you have control of. And if you can focus on those things whether it's in the, in the phase of a game, one play mindset, whatever happened in previous play, doesn't matter, next play, or it's in life, being able to focus on the things I have full control over, make the important stuff the important stuff, you're good to go. And that truly, really is what encompasses the entire be who you say you are. Coach, if you could comment on the young man who we'll be talking to in a couple of minutes and his work so far in the running game in general. Yeah. Um, man, I am absolutely thrilled Dom is here. Um, you know, he really has a unique background. Um, given his pro baseball career, that veteran presence is really felt in the room. The guys really respect him. Um, I know he's excited to finally be out. I know in in the spring he was dealing with a little nagging injury that held him out. He's excited to be out there. But really to have him here from that veteran presence, really lean on him a lot in the room, Um, put him in charge at times to try to be a leader, try to hold guys accountable. They really respect him and even – he gave an incredible, made an incredible point just now after practice to our guys. One of the best things I've heard in a long time. You always talk about, like, in the room, in the classroom, like, being able to spit the information back. But it's different when you're on the field, right? And he truly said, is it because guys were saying, like, fellas, if you don't know the plays, like, let's make sure we're doing more, studying more. If you're confused, ask questions. And he kind of stopped everyone, just simply said, listen, fellas, 
all of us know the stuff in the classroom. Now it's just a matter of being able to do it full speed on the field. And all that really requires for you just to slow your mind down and relax, process the information. When a ball gets snapped, go play, move on to the next play. Um, again, for a young man to say that, that was pretty impressive. So just having him here is great. The run game itself has been really improved. Udanik has done a great job. The guys up front and putting together uh, a really solid O-line. And, and obviously, I feel like we have some really talented backs in the room. So run game is coming together. Now it's just a matter of seeing what we're really good at. And that's what we're trying to figure out right now. Like trying to build some depth at running back, trying to build some depth at O-line. And the run game itself, we're really just trying to see which run concepts are they good at, you know, and you're just going to keep working that until you get to the end of camp and you have an idea from that standpoint. Do you have a general uh, philosophy as far as wanting to have a bell cow or a spread, spread out approach as far as backs go? Love the spread out approach. I think in today's game, like when I played, it was, you know, at 35 carries, right. 40 carries. Like those days are over. Um, I like to have the spread out approach. Number one, it keeps the guys fresh. Um, as the defense gets worn out, you know, in the fourth quarter, Whatever play the defense is on, it's half the amount for that back. So he is still fresh. And also longevity throughout a season. Like just to be able to have one guy carrying the ball 35 times for 12 games, your body will break down and make it. My job is to, number one, get them to the end of the season, right? And then also, obviously, we're all preparing them to be able to get to the next level. So I want their bodies to be fresh. So loving to have multiple guys. Now, in a game, to be able to play six is impossible. But you'd love to be able to play essentially two and a half if you could. I talked to Kelly a couple weeks ago, Joiner, and he was throwing out some numbers like I think we can have a, a pretty, as far as total points, but also a loaded backfield, a couple thousand yard rushers. Do you guys, I, I know you don't set stuff like that, but do you get a sense of confidence that they have a pretty good group from the guys? Yeah, I think the group feels pretty strong about themselves. You know, the, the key for all of us in all of that, we have goals, which is always good, but to be able to stay in the process and not get comfortable or complacent with it all. So, Within that, knowing the group is pretty deep, the challenge every single day is to never get comfortable and to be able to continually push yourselves forward, to have that mental toughness, to not feel like I've arrived, or to feel like we're good, to always know there's always something I can improve and get better at. And that's really the challenge every single day. That's what I challenge them with on day one. Uh, on day on report day, yesterday on day one, today on day two, and I'll continue to. The idea is that every single day you have to be able to come out and do the little things right over and over and over and over again. Everyone can hit that half court shot once. We're trying to hit it as many times as Steph Curry does, right? But the idea is to have the confidence, yes, but not be overconfident where you feel like you've arrived. So I got to keep working every day with my process, make sure my process is right. You know, some guys, some players, uh, kind of so-so in training camp, you know, kind of have, happy to see it go. Uh, how do coaches feel about this immersive <laughs> few days that you've got where it's just you're working pretty hard? Right? Yeah, train, like, not going to lie, training camp's a grind, right? But the great thing is I got a decision to make. I can sit here and feel like it's a grind and be negative about it or embrace it and just work. And if I can do that, I'll get something out of it more than I normally would. It doesn't mean it's not hard. I'm not going to sit there and pretend that it's not hard or that it's not a grind, or that it's not long days, it is. But I have no control over that. I do get control over how I go about it. So attack it the right way, which goes back to what I said about the unit as a whole. Don't feel comfortable, don't be negative. Attack it the right way, control the things you can, and then take it one day at a time, one period at a time, one event at a time, and you just keep stacking the days. And that's how you build sustained long-term success. I don't know about your ears, but mine perked up when he mentioned having two and a half running backs get carries at all during the course of a game right now it would seem that 
Naquan Wright, Kelly Joyner would be, well, at least two of the two and a half, and there are actually eight on the roster. One of them is Dominic Ganella, and I'm sure his full story will be put out on GoUSFBulls.com. Joey Johnston and Tom Leiberger were both asking him a lot of questions about his background, which they should have been, because it's very interesting. As he went to Bloomingdale High School, two-sport player, his brother played on the 2017 USF baseball team, that's Anthony Ganella. Well, Dominic was drafted by the Diamondbacks out of high school and spent two springs in camp. Now, we don't do all of that part of his story, but he got to hang out with a lot of pretty big names, all of them, as a matter of fact. He was part of a national champion team at North Dakota State. Now, he's actually injured during the playoffs the year they won it, 2021. North Dakota State has won loads of FCS championships. He ran for 380 yards that year. The previous season, which was played in the spring of 20 at that level, he actually led the Bison with nearly 500 yards, had 163 yards on 20 carries in a playoff game against Eastern Washington. Then last year, he was fifth on the team with 40 rushing attempts and 259 yards. Now, Dominic Ganella is a bull, and of course, we wanted to get his angle on that little address to the team that he had yesterday. Were you prompted oh, to speak up? Or you <laughs> volunteered it or what? Uh, I just volunteered. I mean, those guys are like family anyway, so it's, our room is really open to ideas and whatever anybody has to say, we listen up. So. Yeah, but you, ha- you have a lot of experience that you can impart on these guys, right? You feel mm-hmm. that's a, a role on this team for you to, to be uh, somebody to bounce things off? Yeah, I would definitely say so. I'd say m- me personally, I'm not necessarily going to be like a rah-rah loud dude. But I'm going to pull somebody aside and get them back on track. It's always the little details, I feel like, that a lot of people overlook when it comes to winning a championship. Like, a lot of guys, when you get to the college level, everyone can really run the ball and catch the ball well and throw it far. But at the end of the day, you could have a really well-talented, well-rounded team. But if they're not disciplined and sticking to their rules every play throughout the game, there's going to be slip-ups, and you're going to lose the teams that have less talent. So... I'd say the first thing I try to instill is the details, man, like, and just overworking, like, in a positive manner. Like, you got to love the game at the end of the day. So if you, if you love the game, you're going to want to be around it pretty much all day. So it's just going to only improve you from there. Now, winning a national championship, I don't even know if some of your teammates are aware of that. It's something I would probably announce to everybody, but have they figured it out? <laughs> uh, I mean, shoot, when I got here, I didn't really say much about my background. I mean, if people knew, they knew. Okay. But, um, yeah, some guys know, like Coach Mary, he coached at Elon and JMU, so he's been in that realm of football. JMU, uh, we played them before I got there when Trey Lance was there. And that was like that close game. And Coach Merritt was coaching the running backs at the time. So he definitely knows about the Bison. How neat is it for you to be now a collegiate athlete in the state of Florida, particularly where your brother was? It's incredible. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, being around here with this indoor, which is insane, because I was here when I was real little, you know. My brother was playing the games. And uh, just growing up, like, I was at the facility a ton, watching my brother, watching practices, watching games and stuff. And... Like, as a family, as a whole, this place is his home. Because this is the closest school I'm, I live from growing right. up. So mm-hmm. I used to watch the with Quinn Flowers and stuff. I used to go to those games at the Buck Stadium and watch those. So yeah. it's it's a great honor to be back. I'm, not, I'm happy about it. You, of course, went to high school very close to here. 
why North Dakota State? What was the lure that took you up there? Um, I mean, my whole goal my entire life, I've been playing football since I was four years old and baseball since I was three, mm -hmm. <laughs> starting with t-ball and stuff, you know. So my goal in general was I wanted to be as great as possible. I, I, I want to win. So I knew what they had going on over there. And coming from a military background with my dad and stuff, that program is very militant or how they run things, you know. There's huh. not much... It's very strict and it's very like on point. Get your stuff done. If you don't, there's going to be consequences, but we'll get it right. It's a family atmosphere. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that drew me to it, and then obviously winning championships and the the chance to go to the NFL. I didn't, I didn't care. I was like, whatever it takes, I'm gonna go. I'm trying to go to the NFL. And you've 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 struck a balance between football and baseball. I know 2021. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you had the spring football season. Then it was off to the complex league, mm -hmm. and then it was back to football in the fall. That, it's a back and forth. I mean, it's a lot of flights, it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I had the 2021 20, year was even more because I went out for spring training for only like a week and a half, two weeks, then came back for the spring football season. And you're in spring training in Arizona where it's hot, and then you go back to spring football season, and there's still snow on the ground in North wow. Dakota. Wow. <laughs> so you finish yeah. that out, and then uh, – head right back out for the summer ball. I mean, it's it's a lot, man. Mm -hmm. Technically, you don't get a break, but for me, like it's all I would do anyway with my spare time. Let's go back to your father. Which branch was he, or is he? Army. He's army. retired now. He was a Green Beret in the Army. Is so. that right? Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think he did 21, 23 years, something like that. No kidding. Retired when I was nine years old, eight wow. years old. How about that? I was going to ask when that you're going through all that in one spring in 21, what's tougher? But I'm, I'm guessing football is way tougher than baseball. You would think so. I would say they're polar opposites, man. Right. Like, it's it's crazy. I mean, obviously, at the pro level in baseball, you see some freak athletes, like real, like, big-type dudes. And then you see, like, the Jose Altuves who can still hit the ball 400 feet. So it's like, in the end, it's it's a mental game, man. Like, football is very mental as well, but it's overly physical. So it's just a, it's a 180. You go – you still prepare and try to stay healthy and make sure you're explosive and stuff in the baseball field. But it's all mental. You could be a Aaron Judge, but there's probably a hundred other Aaron Judges that couldn't make it just because of a mental aspect of the game. And if you want more on that whole side of things, if you want the baseball side, the USF Football YouTube channel put up the whole video, and you can also see him trying to fight off very calmly a mosquito that was trying to ask some questions as well. We also talked to Mike Lofton. He's always fun. Speaking of that, Denise Shilty-Brown will preview this weekend's exhibition match for soccer. We got basketball and volleyball notes and a little softball note, a departing member of the roster as Bulls Beat continues. Back to the beat. Bulls Beat continues with Derek Sharp. A lot going on this week. Hopefully the show sounds pretty good. This is my new laptop. I think the audio is coming across pretty well. Plenty of audio to edit and bring your way as we get fully into football camp and, of course, actual highlights starting on Saturday with soccer. You'll hear from Denise Schilte-Brown and some interesting men's soccer notes for you in just a little bit. But speaking of good audio, it's always coming out from Mike Lofton, the leader, or at least among the leaders of the offensive line now in his second year with the Bulls, former UCF player. We don't hold that against him whatsoever anymore. He is a Pinellas County kid, and he is giving us his thoughts on camp just two days in. Is uh, training camp toughest on particularly the offensive linemen? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. Uh... I sit when we're outside. Yes, 100%. Because, you know, you got the heat. You got 
we're always banging, you know, having collisions, um, even if we're not in shoulder pads. Um, but I say, yeah, for sure. How um, strenuous are the collisions, or when do they start getting serious, or is it always serious? They're always serious, especially, like, when we're in, like, a team setting. Um, that's when it gets serious, you know, because you have to go full speed to give the other guy a look and vice versa. That's true. So, yeah, we're always going full speed, and every play is really a collision, if you're asking me. Obviously, it's something that you've done your whole life. Well, not your whole life, but your whole football life. Uh, but that first pop of contact, <laughs> is yeah. it like a jolt and like, here we go, and it's, let's it's like go. A, if you ask me, it's like a cup of coffee in the morning, you know. just wakes me up. You know, I feel good, and I feel ready to go. I'm just, it's like, man, like I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll now. Do you actually drink coffee? I do. Okay, but the, it's a double jolt. <laughs> How do you feel about staying in the embassy suites for 11 days, a couple of days into it now, I guess, right? I feel like it's good. Um, just getting the guys together, uh, having them mesh more. I'm getting to learn stuff about guys that I barely talk to. Like, I'm getting to learn a lot more about the freshmen, about the transfers. So I think it's really good that we're in there and we're able to fellowship together. Right, so it's football, 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 I guess, right? The focus is right here yeah that's the whole idea straight football and that's what that's how i wanted it to be um and i think going into camp we're in a good spot and i think that we just keep stacking days and we get better and better again it's early but do you do you feel that uh, the team there's a lot of retention that carried over from the spring into the early parts of preseason camp for sure i think so um we had a good schedule going into spring and then going into summer camp um so as soon as the transfers got here and the freshmen, we were already rolling, and then they just came right in and they did a good job of, you know, kind of, kind of getting on top of things. And then from here, we're uh, in camp day two, so I feel like we're moving pretty well. You mentioned the transfers. Obviously, there's a lot of new faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody seemed to be a lot of challenges there too, getting yeah. everybody into the mix. What's your impression so far? Uh, a lot of good work across the board. I know for us uh, as O linemen, we got. Uh, R.J. Perry in there, uh, he's done a good job. And then on the other side of the ball, we got Doug Blue Eli and then Bernard Gooden and all those guys. I think it's going to be good work for us in the box. Um, and then on the outside, we can do like receivers and all that type of stuff. I think, we're, I think we did a good job. You know, when there's a tempo offense, the defense is going to try and get different guys on the field. Mm-hmm. Offensive line can't change your neck up to the uh, up to the scrim- line of scrimmage. Uh, how is your conditioning, and how has it been going as far as putting into practice in practice? It's been going good. Um, you know, first day back, it's always going to be a little struggle, uh, especially with the heat. Um, but I, th- I feel like we've done a good job of keeping our pace, keeping our tempo up. Um, and that's a shout out to Coach Gio too and his staff. Um, he's done a good job of preparing us through the summer, um, putting the right stuff in our bodies and training us the hard way, in the right way. As far as Golish, as far as uh, Gordon, mm-hmm. what's their communication like with you guys during practice now that you've seen it a couple times? Uh, it's a lot of constructive criticism, which is good. Um, the type of offense we run, you have to be able to take the criticism and then go on to the next play. That's just something he just talked about. Because um, this offense works, it's just you got to be able to take the coaching with a grain of salt and then move on to the next play. Incidentally, he does not take his coffee with cream. He says he likes the straight black coffee, which sometimes you just need. So more from the players next week, plenty of football. This weekend, it is time for women's soccer. It's exhibition matches. In fact, it's 
not even a question that we were going to do the broadcast because there actually are not going to be many opportunities to bring you women's soccer early in the season. I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, but the schedule is away heavy for the first seven games. Only one home match for the Bulls Thursday, August the 24th against Alabama A&M. As a matter of fact, their second exhibition game is going to be over in DeLand next week. So this is the only chance to see them at home and really only one of two chances to see them at home for their first, if you include the two exhibitions, nine matches. Now, they are going to be in the state of Florida for three straight. That is FGCU, Florida State, and UCF. And we'll try to bring you at least one of those. It's going to be tough getting to some of them the day after a football game, but I'm pretty sure Sunday, September the 10th, 6 o'clock at night at UCF is one we'll bring to you. But point is, a lot to come on the squad, but the men's team is one that's more at home, more of a normal schedule. Now, Denise Shilty-Brown told us the other day that the players who came into camp fit are going to, well, be your starting lineup. So when they hit the pitch tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, we'll give you who those guys are. But here's a little bit more on what the outlook is for an exhibition match. Remember, they're just a week into camp. So that's where this question came from. Your approach to it, uh, is it going to be something where you're trying to find out something about your team or is it just sort of like another practice, just happens to be a different jersey? Great question. Um, It's multiple things. There's layers to it. Um, number one, we're rewarding the kids that came in fit. So the kids that passed you know, their fitness test or came in fit based on what we can see and, and what our strength coach is recommending uh, will play in that game. If you became below, well below the standard, then you won't get in that game. So that's a nice reward because it's a long summer and it's hard to prepare for this level. Um, so we want to do that. And then, yeah, we want to put into practice the things that we're working on without stressing about the results yet. Um, at the same time, yeah. we're teaching them how to be competitive. Um, so it, it's a lot. There's a lot of layers there. And last thing, because it's way too early to ask you about specific players, but a lot of newcomers, even though you've got some veteran presences to carry, it's great to see Viv out there and even some of the that were freshmen last year feel like veterans. But could you get a sense that you're going to get some big-time contributions from some of these newcomers? Absolutely. I think Anna looks like a, a very, very like talented striker. Sadie looks dangerous in the midfield. Um, Corey oh yeah so fast so yeah great contributions from some new players um a young freshman came in fit passed a fitness test gets to start in the first game at least that's you know it's exciting we got some exciting pieces here and goalkeepers are competing so it looks really good yeah five goalies we'll get into that down the road thanks denise and goals certainly scoring is going to be a big question usually isn't soccer after the bulls had Clear leaders in that department with all-time leader Evelyn Vienne, followed by Sydney DeSello. Last year, it was a previously known as defensive mid, Kiara Hahn, who has since taken a pro opportunity in Germany. So I actually was talking to sophomore Kentianta Fettoy, who is from Germany. She told me she's been keeping up with Kiri, by the way. And I said, hey, just replace her goals. And I'll tell you what, she's not a bad candidate to do that. But Corey Peace, she mentioned, is a transfer from Florida, sheer speed. Anna Sutter is a transfer from UTSA, originally from Switzerland, and she talked about at least Thornton from Steinbrenner High School. A lot more locals, and part of that is their new recruiting coordinator, Brock Duckworth, who is a professional goalie and making some saves at the practice I saw, but yeah, maybe some more kids from Tampa on the squad. One who's local from Eastlake, Mickey, Michaela Hill. I saw her finish during a lot of drills, and she mentioned Sadie, Sadie Sider. I think she's going to be a popular player, a sophomore who played at the University of Ottawa last season. As we wrap it up, mentioned this on Twitter already, men's soccer. The first United Soccer Coaches rankings have come out, 
and no, the Bulls are not in the top 25. But believe me, if they win against this schedule, they will be. There's three conference teams that are in the top 25, all towards the bottom with Tulsa, SMU, and defending tournament champion FIU. Remember, the Bulls made it to the finals last year and lost down to Miami to FIU. Well, there are two top 10 teams on the Bulls' schedule. That would be number two in the country, defending runner-up Indiana and number nine Clemson. Those two teams come to play the Bulls at Corbett on back-to-back games around the second weekend of September. So file that away and more on the men's soccer team later on next week as they begin practice. I was watching it this morning. Vittoria Blasai, future USF women's basketball player, had a huge contribution in the quarterfinals for Italy of the FIBA Under-20 European Championships. But in overtime, they lost 84-83. to Winning shot rimmed out at the very end. Blasai, frankly, hadn't gotten many minutes in the first few games. Then in the round of 16, started to get her feet wet. And then today was enormous, scored 18 points in 25 minutes off the bench, but Italy fell just short of France in the quarterfinals. Now we can tell you here on the Unlimited Unloaded page that after a Friday morning show ran, Carla Brito and Spain got by Israel to advance into the semifinals. 60-52 to 52 was the score. Brito has not been starting on the under-20 team, and guess what? She played a game high in minutes. 28 and a half minutes, scored eight points, added nine rebounds, obviously had a big impact in that contest. So Spain will be taking on France. That'll be Saturday, and the winner earns a spot in the championship game. The other player from the Bulls, Emma Johansson, with Sweden, and even though she averaged nearly 10 rebounds a game, her team was eliminated in the round of 16. Mentioned a former Bull, Hallie Bryant, who was on the softball team since 2021. After hitting 278 in part-time action 2022, last year hit 234. Enter the transfer portal, and it was announced is going to be playing with the Mercer Bears out of Macon, Georgia. We wish her well. Of course, we'll let you know anything as far as softball news goes. In fact, we're replaying some classic softball on Friday. That'll wrap up the Friday Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp.